Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. At some point, I'm sure it was for some good reason, this pulpit and this stage has been elevated, not just here, but in every church. There's nothing special about this. Obviously, it doesn't stay where I want it to. There's nothing special about this position. I mean, like, I know there's qualifications for a pastor, for an elder, overseer. But let's be honest. That's the qualifications for every Christ follower. There's no difference Like, it's not like I'm held to a higher standard I am because I'm leading you guys. But to be qualified for a pastor is to be qualified to be a Christ follower. And so can can you please hear me say there's nothing special. I I open up my word, the word, just like you do. I pray and I seek and I say, Father, please, just like you do. And some days I get it right and some days I miss it terribly just like you do. So, so when I speak, please do not hold me in any high esteem. Or like, man, that was Jeff so good. No, I'm not. I'm so bad. I need a Savior every second of the day. But I don't get the luxury of just sitting out there and listening. But I have to tell you those things. And it's hard to feel qualified, to feel that I have anything of value to offer because I'm still so broken. So when when you hear me, if there's something where you're like, man, I don't agree with that. I might have missed it. I don't stand up here proclaiming that I know it all. All I can do is open up the word and say, Father, teach me, and if I'm wrong, correct me. So I give you this word today, just the only way that I know how. There are kids in here, you know, we're, we're growing and we're, we're learning on, on how to have kids and on not how to have kids. Obviously, we're doing really well with that, but to, to provide services for them. And, and, you know, currently for the elementary, we're at second, uh, the second and the fourth Sundays. We have uh, children's church for them in the other building and. Uh, we, we, could, we could go every Sunday right now. But I don't feel like that's honoring to our volunteers and to our children's pastor. Because what we want to do is we want to build something that is sustainable, that's life-giving, so that when you're asked to serve, you're like, man, I cannot wait to speak into these children's lives. And so there's kids in here. I may get look at one if they're... Do, it doesn't bother me. Your kids don't bother me. They, they, they don't distract me. If they do, hopefully someone's paying attention to bring me back to where I was and I don't get off on a rabbit trail. But I want you to know we value kids in this house. I mean, man, what a beautiful gift they are. And so don't worry about your kids. Now, if they get real loud, take them outside, calm them down, bring them back in. You know, but, but for the most part, man, we're, we're so loving towards them. At some point, the church decided to put them somewhere else because I never see a children's pastor 
in the word. We're just pastors. We're just ministers. We're all called to do it. And so we're trying to do that the best we can. We're going to be in Psalm 84. We're, we're in this summer in the Psalms. I've toned it down just a little bit. When I was a youth pastor one time, I did a, a psalm study, and it was psalms, study, and psalms. You know, just to like really emphasize that. And I thought that was so cool, and it no, it's not. It was lame. <laughs> so, but honestly, they all knew how to say psalms after that correctly, and that's probably all they got out of it. Uh, I love how, how this starts, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies. I long and I yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. You know, uh, at at one point in in life before we had eight kids, me and my wife, probably primarily me, we had the the idea to... uh, to do the, you know, hashtag RV life. We're like, hey, we're going to go buy an RV. This will be great. Uh, there, there were, there's still mistakes being made off of this RV purchase, okay? Like, it's still just, uh, we drove we drove to Mount Pleasant, me and Lauren did, and uh, you saw it, and man, you would have thought that this thing was the best RV you've ever seen, and now looking back, you're like, that was a piece of junk. You know, what was that? I, I saw that, and I was like, man, this is awesome. This is, this is it. This is the one, right, babe? And she's like, mm. you know, she didn't want to really just squash the dream. And we're like, all right, let's get it. You know, paid cash for it. So that should probably tell you about the level of the RV right there if I paid cash for it. I mean, we got about five miles down the road. Had to stop and put some tires on it. Not really prepared for that, you know. Uh, visionary. I, I, I I could see that thing and like, man, our life, we're going to live our best life. You know, this is going to be great. We're going to travel. We're going to do this. And we're going to hit up state parks. And then, then we had 19 more kids and that, that didn't work anyways. And we had this RV that just kind of took up space in the yard for three years. Would that be accurate roughly? Uh, I started demo on it. I mean, the second we got it home. I'm great at demo. Love demo, you know. And then the rebuild is not as fun. And we spent some time on the rebuild. It leaked. I mean, I used 40 gallons of Flex Seal. I mean, I, I, I coated the top, the bottom, the sides. And I'm like, all right, there we go. This is it. And then it would be like a little sprinkle. And then there would be water all. And I'm like, man, this is it. I just got to cut my losses. Like, this is done. We've had it three years. I never had the time to actually fix it up. We've, we never took it anywhere because I did demo day one that we got there. We probably could have taken it somewhere. But I'm like, no, we got this. This is going to be great. And uh, so then finally I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to have to sell it. Facebook Marketplace, you know, you're like, here we go. This is, this is going to get rid of it. This guy, uh, his name was uh, Musad Muhammad. He reached out to me. We're, we're, we're a little bit removed from 9-11, but not so far. You know, and I'm like, okay, Musad Muhammad, okay. Look him up, all right, from Tehran, Iran. I was like, hey, I don't care. He's got 400 bucks. This is what I've settled for now, $400. I'm like, all right, $400, okay. Reach out. He's like, hey, this looks great. He's an architect. Looks great. Uh, I'm like, okay. Uh, hey, can you hold it for me? I was like, dude, I've been holding it for three years. Like, it, it, it's yours. You know, I'm just, I'm thinking $400. Heck, yes. I recouped about a tenth of my investment. Nice. Uh, he calls me in a month, and he goes, hey, uh, I don't have a way to pull it. Do you, 
would you take it for me? I said, sure. I mean, I just got to get rid of it at this point. He goes, how much? I was like, 175 bucks. I'll drive it pretty much anywhere at this point. He goes, okay, deal. He goes, hey, we're going to take it to my land in Oklahoma. I got about 10 acres up there. I was like, okay. So I uh, first thing I did, I was like, okay, here we go. We'll, we set a date. And uh, I took this guy. His name was DJ. I love DJ. Uh, the, the key with DJ is he, he was a little heavier than me, which, you know, so I was like, hey, just in case things go sideways, I need to be able to outrun one person, and I, I picked DJ. He's, a, he's strong, though. He's a football player, too. I was like, I've got to outrun one guy. And so I was like, okay, so I called DJ. I'm like, hey, DJ, you want to go to, and before I could even say where, he goes, yeah, let's go. I'm like, awesome, great. Here we go, DJ. So we, we drive, first we have to drive to Frisco. That's where his house is, and my whole goal is to get rid of this RV, not, not hold on to it a second longer. We pull up to the house, and the guy's like, hey, you want to come in for a drink? And I was like, actually, we're, we're good. And DJ's like, oh, yeah, that's great, man. It's like, awesome. <laughs> we go in. On the kitchen counter is a AR-15. Turns out to be airsoft, but at that time, I, you're like, oh, you're walking in. Okay, okay. And uh, DJ's like, he's like, hey, y'all want a Coke? I was like, sure. He goes, oh, we got hot tea. It'll take about 10 minutes. And DJ's like, oh, I'll do hot tea. I was like, DJ, this is not going well, man. And I'm just looking at him like, dude. So we sit down. We, we, he drinks a cup of hot tea. It's summer. It's 114 degrees. I don't know why you need tea, hot tea in summer in Texas. And so uh, finally the guy goes, hey, here's the address. Meet me up there. I was like, okay. Uh. We, we drive to Oklahoma in, in the, the, the middle of nowhere. We, we get off the interstate. We go 10 miles. I'm, I'm at less than a quarter of a tank because I don't, I, I'm just, I, all I can think of is just, I just, if it just unhooked right now, I don't care. I'm just turning around and leaving. I don't care. And, and so 10 miles off the interstate, the guy meets us there and he goes, okay, hey, it's about 10 miles back. I say, oh, man. Okay. And, and it's a, it's a dirt road, okay, I had just bought, we, me and my wife had just bought a car like five days before that, maybe two weeks before that, I'm pulling this RV on with her new car that we bought, and then now I'm about to go on a dirt road that I have no clue where I am, like in my mind, I'm just like, I should have written down like the address or my will to somebody, like something, because it's, you know, and so we're going through this place, you can only go 10 miles an hour. Like, it's just winding through this thing, up this hill, down. And I'm just like, man, I just want to be out of there. And DJ's like, there's no cell service. DJ has his phone out the window, like, filming the passenger. And he's like, man, I didn't know there were hills in Oklahoma. And he's just talking, he's narrating, dad, dad, they got hills in Oklahoma. And I'm just like, man, I'm regretting this. I don't want to outrun him at this point. Just take me first. Like, I. And he's just like, Dad, look at these hills. Man, this is so cool. I've never, he'd never been out of Texas before. We get 10 miles. I mean, I've got at least six hours invested in this. We get to this spot. And, and, and it's like, there's a hill. And I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. I exaggerate a lot. I'm not exaggerating. It was like, it's this steep. And brand new car. There's, 
There's trees in the way. The guy brought a chainsaw to cut down that. There's rocks. It's undeveloped land. Probably not. It's probably, it's not. Terrorist camp, maybe not. But, like, it's, it's what you would see on the news that would be a terrorist camp. I mean, there's nobody out there. I got a guy from Tehran, Iran. He's got his partner. I got my guy that I'm out running. And I'm like, should have told somebody about this. We get, we get to this hill, and I'm like, oh, so I was like, okay, we got to walk this hill. And so we walk it. There's no place to turn around. I'm just like, whatever. I don't, I don't care. I'm just, I, I'm like, I'm unhooking it here. And he's like, no, you can make it. DJ's like, yeah, we can make it, man. I'm like, dude. We get going up this hill, and there's a rock that I miss with the car, but it, it sticks up, and, and it pulls the back, like the back and the sidewalls apart at the bottom. And I'm like, oh, man. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't, this thing is staying here. I'm not taking it anywhere. It, it's staying here. We get up there, get unhooked, and I'm like, I see that. And I'm like, oh, man. DJ's like, hey, we need to go tell the guy. I was like, we're not telling him anything, DJ. He paid $400. <laughs> he got the steal of a lifetime, you know. And th so then we get out. He goes, hey, uh, can you all help me level it up? DJ's like, yeah, we got that, man. You know, so DJ leveling, and all I can think of is I'm like, I just want to go home. I just want to see my wife and my kids one more time because this might be the end. I just want to picture them again because I'm like, this is, we get it unhooked. We go home. We, I, I make it back to the gas station. Actually, I stopped at one. They were closed. Then I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what. So we stop at a gas station. But. There's that feeling of like, man, all I want to do is I just want to go home. This is Psalm 84. It says, a psalm of the sons of Korah. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord of armies. I long and I yearn for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. It's that same sense of like, man, I, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for the living God. All I want to do is I want to get back to where I'm supposed to be. The, the, the sons of Korah, if you, you're not familiar, like you had, the, the Levites were the priesthood, all right? So then you, the, uh, Levi had three sons. One of them was Kohath. Kohath was one of the three sons of Levi. So Kohath was selected to be part of the, the priesthood. So they would serve in the temple. So the three sons of Levi all had three different tasks to do. Well, Koath had the, the task of moving all the things from the, the temple, the tabernacle, the sanctuary, all of that. Every time they would move, then they would have to carry it up. So the lampstands, the ark, the tables, all of that. They would have to move that. Actually, Koath and his people got to, they had to carry their stuff on their shoulders is what the word says. And, but it had to be wrapped in something because if they touched it, they would die. The other two sons actually got to carry all their stuff by cart. But Koath had to carry his on his shoulders. Well, well Korah was the son of Koath, and we're going to get to this, all right? So Korah was one of his sons. Well, at some point, Korah got very hardened in his heart and said, wait a minute, why are we doing all of this stuff? So Korah actually leads a rebellion with 250 of his people that he's gathered up, and they come against Moses and Aaron. And, and they say, hey, what, you're nothing special. We can do this too. 
And he said, okay, I'll tell you what, why don't you go do And he has all these things. It's in Numbers chapter 16, chapter 4, chapter 16, in Numbers. Talks about it. And, and he goes, hey, why don't you go get these, fire, the, these, these pots? We'll put fire in it and see. And so Moses and Aaron come to him, and, and he, the Lord says, Moses, Aaron, get away from them right now. And he says, hey, and warn all the people to get away from them right now because I'm going to swallow them up. And so Moses warns everybody they get back. And it says that the, the earth opens up. And swallows them. 250 of them. Including Korah. You come to Psalm 84 and it says a psalm of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were then charged with being a doorkeeper. At the tent. They were, they were in charge of the doorkeeper and the, the custodians, and they, they still had a job. But at some point, some of them got exiled away because as they got captured. And so you have a psalm. The, the sons of Korah wrote a, uh, maybe like eight or ten of the psalms. I don't remember the number right off, the, right off my head because, once again, I, I'm nothing special. I'm just trying to study, and I might have forgot that number. But it, it's some start in 42 and then, then uh, right here in, in Psalm 84. And you have a... A Psalm 84 where it says, how lovely is your dwelling place. My heart and my flesh cry out. I want to be back there. And doesn't that make sense? Because in Psalm 84.10, do you know what he says as he's writing? He says, I would rather be a doorkeeper at the Lord's house than live in the tents of the evil. Our hearts and our flesh must cry out. So I, as I was just studying through this, I had to ask myself that question. Does my, does my level of hunger match this? Because if not, then I'm not homesick enough. I'm too comfortable not being, being beside him. I'm okay living my own life and then coming in and out of his presence whenever I want to. So I had to ask myself, man, can I truly say how lovely is your dwelling place? Lord of armies, I long and I yearn for the courts of the Lord that my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. And if it's not, then I have to say, Father, that's what I want because that's, that's what you desire. Longing for God's presence is not about seeking his blessings or his benefits. It's about desiring a personal relationship with the one who loves me unconditionally. I know that's a lot. I apologize. I try to make it concise. Longing for God's presence is not about seeking his blessings or benefits. It is about desiring a personal relationship with the one who loves me unconditionally. We were made to be in fellowship with God. Genesis, it... it, it he, he creates all of it, and then he makes the most phenomenal place ever seen. He places Adam and Eve in there, and he gives them rule and reign over it. And then it says that God walks with him in the cool of the day. You and I were designed to walk with God. There is a longing in my soul that will not ever be satisfied with power, with wealth, with money, with jobs and kids and careers and my kids' achievements. That longing that is in your soul is to return back to the place that you were created to be. It is not the American dream. That, that will, the American dream will leave you empty and broken. 
You can attain all that America has to offer you, but you will still be lost and broken. And the longing in your soul is only satisfied in his dwelling place. How lovely is your dwelling place. How long to be there. You know, my, I've confessed my love for Dr. Pepper and, and new shoes, and I love it, and a nice cold Dr. Pepper. I've had two this morning already. Don't judge me. You know, it was early. It was an early morning already. But that, that will never satisfy my soul. We have to get to a place where our souls are longing back after him, to where our hearts and our flesh are crying out for him. You see, we... Like, like the sons of Korah who, who were exiled, we were separated. Can I just say to him, like, hey, if the, the water is in the baptism, if anybody is like, hey, that was awesome what Izzy did, and I haven't done that yet, uh, I'm just going to make, I just heard the Lord. I'll, we'll stay after service and we'll do another baptism if anybody wants to, because we're about to get in, into the good news of the gospel where it says that we were separated from sin. There, there was. We were designed to be with him, but yet we sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. And there is nothing that you can do. I don't care how good you are, how well off you think you are, whatever you think you can do, you cannot bridge that gap on your own. You, you can say, how lovely is your dwelling place. I want to be there. But you can't get there on your own. Jesus Christ came, lived the perfect life, satisfied every requirement of the law died, took on our sin. Not only did he take it on, but the word actually says that he became sin. He didn't just take it on. He became it so that you and I would never know the wrath of God. He took on our sin. He became our sin so that when we're baptized into his death, we'll be raised into life with him also. So there is a separation that sin causes in our lives. The only way back to it is through the blood of Jesus Christ. There's no way back there. Where, where even if you're saying, man, I want to be back there, you can't get back there on your own. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's nothing else that's going to get you there. We, we, can, we can say, Lord, I love you and I want to be with you. But if there's still sin in our hearts, bitterness and resentment, Anger, and we're like, no, we can't get there. We have to, we have to repent, come back into that right relationship with Him. Do you feel far off today? Do you feel like, man, that that it, I feel a little bit like the son of Korah, who's longing to be back where he's supposed to be. The good news is, all it takes is you to for you to repent. Put your faith in Jesus Christ to turn from your ways. To stop believing the lies of the enemy. The enemy lies all day long over you. Just as the Father speaks identity over us, when we're separated from the Father, then the world begins to speak identity over us. They show us a new fancy car and they say, man, that's, that's, that's you right there. Here's a job, that's you, that's what you need. Look at that influence. That's what you need. Walk in healing and freedom and salvation. There's a longing in your soul that will only be satisfied 
right here in his presence. Because can I be honest with you? You walking in a right relationship with God is not just about you. It impacts every person that you're in relationship with. If Jeff Hopkins is outside of a right relationship with God, then I am not the father, the husband, the co-worker, the pastor, the friend that I'm supposed to be because I'm living my own life. And I'm not living out who God has called me to be. My family does not need me to be the best provider that, that has ever walked the earth because the Lord is our provider. My family needs me to be the best dad, husband. They need to see a Christ follower out of this guy. My coworkers, they don't need me to be the best at my job. What they need is they need me to be the best Christ follower that I've been called to be because that's who they need. They don't need me to be the best coworker. They need me to be a Christ follower that can offer something to them in times of trouble. Peace that you can't get anywhere else. Longing for God's presence is not about seeking his blessings or his benefits. It is about desiring a personal relationship with the one who loves you unconditionally. It's not about those things. It's not about what you can get from his presence. But can I tell you what you do get? It's not about them. We don't seek after these things just for, for what can we get from God. We have to come to that point where we say, Lord, you are enough. But by him being enough, then he's able to pour out onto us. Look at verse 3 right here. It says, even a sparrow finds a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she places her young near your altars, Lord of armies, my king and my God. He, he says, I, I want to get back there. Even the sparrows and the swallows make a nest at your altars. You see that when we come into the presence of God, everything is made right. When we come into his presence, that's when he's able to speak identity and purpose over us. When we walk in communion with him, I get a right idea of who I am. Because in him, apart from him, I, the, Jesus even said, apart from me, you can do no good thing. But in him, with him, through him, man, we, we can do all things. That, that apart from him, the world will speak identity over me. But in him, he will say, I love you. You're the apple of my eye. You are enough, you are worthy, you are loved, you are valuable. You are the righteousness, you are perfect. You see, when we come into the presence of God, then it allows him to speak identity over us. Why do we struggle with the things that we struggle with? The primary reason, I believe, is because we have a lack of identity of who we are in Christ. We're trying to be somebody else that the world tells us to be. Instead of who the Father allows us to be who he's called us to be, spoken us to be. One of, I, I'm a big rom-com guy, uh, lo, love romantic comedies. Uh, one, of, one of the ones is uh, Prince, uh, not Prince, uh, Runaway Bride, Julia Roberts, so good, you know. And uh, Richard, Richard Gere is like trying to figure out why she runs. And he, he starts talking to the, to the husbands that are the 
your fiancés think your words are not my strong suit sometimes, which is hard because I only get paid to talk, you know, and it's like, dang, can't even do that. Talks to the fiancés that she's left, and uh, he begins to interview them, and she's you know, asking random questions, and then uh, he gets to it, and it's like, how does she like her eggs? And so one's like scrambled, one's fried, one's over easy. What's happening is, is, is she's adjusting her identity to them, to how they like things. When we are apart from the Father, then we begin to adjust to the world and its standards and what it says is good and what's okay. We lose our sense of identity and uniqueness and purpose because we become just like them. But that's why he's called us to be different because when we're set apart, he can speak identity in us. He can speak the truth of the gospel in us. And so in there we get that. Because in the presence, like one, one of my favorite passages, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it's verses 16 through 18. I don't know all of it off the top of my head. I, I could probably flip there. But yeah, let's just do that. I don't want to mess it up. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verses 16 and 18. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. When we come into him, when we turn our face to him, the veil is removed. And we look at him and we look at his glory and it transforms us into it. We get our identity by turning our eyes on him. And we're transformed from his glory to glory. Renewed into the image of the father. His presence is so valuable. Like if you walk away from here today and you're like, man, why do I want to be in his presence? Why do I want to be in communion with him? Because that is where you get your identity and purpose. You, you see right now in our society that, that there's a lot of kids that are staying, living with their parents longer, right? Have you noticed that? We, I'm not calling, but he just walked in at the right time. Apologize for that. Max is moving out allegedly uh, for the ninth time, but I think it might work this time. But uh, kids are staying with their parents longer. And I, I, think the, I think the main reason is because they don't have that sense of identity, they don't know what they want to do because they don't know who they are. We're paralyzed when we don't know who we are because you can't get to where you're going if you don't know who you are. You can't fulfill a purpose and destiny that the Father has for you if you don't know who you are. You'll spend all of your time wandering. Why is this generation that's just right and right below, way below me at this point, why is that generation wandering and they're lost because they don't have a sense of identity. I think it goes back to fathers aren't speaking identity over them anymore. Look at the number of broken homes in America nowadays. I'm not here to talk about that. Verses 5 through 7, it says, Happy are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a source of spring water. 
Even the autumn rain will cover it with blessings. They go from strength to strength. And each appears before God in Zion. I want to make sure I finish that, that first one. Identity and purpose. My point on saying that kids are staying with their parents longer and not moving out and not knowing what to do, bouncing from job to job, is because they lack purpose. Because they don't have an identity of who they are in Christ. And so when we can speak identity and purpose over our kids, then that will help them in that. But the next part of being in his presence, there is strength and comfort in the presence of God. That longing in our soul can only be satisfied in the presence of God because there is strength and there is comfort there. You cannot do it on your own and you were never meant to do it on your own. Somebody's lied to you. you we're in Texas, right? The Lone Star State. We're the only ones that we need. We're, we're the Lone Rangers, right? I don't need anybody else, just me and God. I'm, I'm on an island. I, I don't need, I've got it. You, you don't got it. You never were made to get it. That's why we do parent dedications because we're saying, hey, I can't do it. I need you, moms and dads, to show me, to help me, to lead me, to guide me, to assist me, to speak life into me. And that we're trying to do it on our own. We're trying to do everything apart from the Father when all he's saying is just come to me because there's strength and there's comfort here. You can't do it on your own because you're not him. I, I quoted it earlier, you know, but it's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We love to say that, but have we noticed that a lot of times we, we say that, but yet we still try to do it on our own, right? I can do all things. Yes, you can. Through Christ who strengthens me. But we stop there and we just go, oh, I can do all things. No, you cannot. Listen to Psalm uh, 84. This is verse 6 out of the Passion uh, the Passion Translation is, we, we call it a paraphrase. If you really, so I just want to be clear, Passion Translation, it's not really a translation, it's more, it's a paraphrase. So it's a great to refer to, come back to, but if you're going to study, there are other versions that we feel like are better, but listen how it says it here. This is uh, Psalm 84, verse 6. It says, even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears... They dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others only find pain. Is that not so true? Where, where when we are with the Father, there's comfort where other people are going to find pain through this, but I find comfort because of who I'm with. The same things that break everybody else will strengthen Christ's followers. Where, where, where there could be devastating news that breaks somebody. A Christ follower, it only strengthens them. I, I mean, I, I say that this quite a bit, and, and I really don't just say it just to say it, but there, I, I love every one of my kids all exactly the same. You know? <laughs> I had to look away so they didn't see that face. I love them all the same. But, but if something were to happen to them, it would only embolden my faith in God. It would not make me go, it's not going to break me. Something happens to my wife, something happens. All it's going to do is go, man, Lord, I love you even more, and Satan, I hate you even more. What was meant to, what, what is able to break others will only strengthen us 
when we're in the presence of God. He is strong enough and the Holy Spirit is our comforter. When we are weary, he renews our strength. We're going to just end with this one probably. Verse 11, it says, we're, we're skipping all the way down. We ended in verse 7, verse, verse 8. Lord, God of armies, hear my prayer. Listen, God of Jacob, consider our shield, God. Look on the face of your anointed one. Verse 10, it says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And this is it. I would rather stand at the threshold of the house of my God than live in the tents of the wicked people. You see where, where they were frustrated that they were just the doorkeepers. Now they long to go back to that. Where this son of Korah said, Lord, I, I just want to be with you. And if that means that, that I'm the doorkeeper, the custodian, then that's enough for me. Are you willing to say that? Lord, I don't care if I never get a platform. I don't care if I'm never an influencer by all the good things that I have to say. I don't care if nobody else gets it. I just want to be with you. I'll be the, I'll be the janitor in the house of the Lord. I would rather do that than be outside of his presence. It says, for the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord grants favor and honor. He does not withhold the good from those who live with integrity. Happy is the person who trusts in you. The Lord is a sun and a shield. When we are in relationship with Father, when we are in communion with Him, when we are in His presence, then we get direction and protection. I didn't mean to make it rhyme. I'm not that pastor that's that good. I'm really not. That's just what I had at the moment. He says, for the Lord God is a son. That's what I'm saying is direction. The, the word in the Hebrew there, it, it speaks of the light. Like we will see the light that he guides us with the son. So he is a son. He is our direction. Where when you are outside of that, there's a lot of people that have a lot of good things to say. Hey, should I, should I take this job? Should I, should I buy this car? Should, should we have more kids? Should we this? Should we that? Should we? A lot of great things. People will say a lot of great things. And some of them will be right. But if you want direction for your life, the only place to turn is into the presence of God where, where he will speak that over you. He will speak it over you because it says he is a son to us, S-U-N. He shows us the way. And he is a shield. He gives us direction and protection. We're no more wandering aimlessly. He gives us vision and direction. He's a shield. Can, can I say, but that doesn't mean that. No, nothing will come against you. You're like, oh man, the Lord is my shield. So that means I ain't got to worry about nothing. No, there's still things that are going to happen and you're like, man, I thought you were there. Because a shield is there to defend, to cover, and surround. I can tell you that no matter what 
comes against you. We, we live in a fallen and a broken world, but he is our shield that he is there to defend us, to cover us and surround us so that even if something happens to us, he's still there to surround us, to comfort us, to protect us. But it doesn't stop there. We come into his presence and we, we get all of those things. We get direction, protection, strength, comfort, identity, and purpose. And that's great. We were made for communion with God. Okay, I said children don't bother me. That was a teenager though, Clinton. Come on now. We were made for communion with the Father, but it doesn't stop there because we were made to go out. If we, if we all just every Sunday, we just came and we just sat here and we're like, man, let's just stay here. Remember the disciples are like, the, the transfiguration, they're like, hey, let's just stay here, Lord. And Jesus is like, you don't even know what you're asking. What are you talking about? And that's what I feel like so many times we're so focused on, let's just get here and man, let's just stay here. This is good. This is easy. And you're right. This is good and this is easy. But we're made to go out there. I mean, our, 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 our mission is what? That we exist to display and declare the glory of God. Our vision is that we are people that are seeking his face, hosting his presence, stewarding his kingdom, experiencing revival. We're not people that just come here and we just sit and we soak up everything that he has for us. And then we go, man, we just want to sit here and stay here. Noah's our... Uh, oldest kiddo, him, Kendall, right, and Ella right there, got dedicated. Noah, uh, we uh, mo moved him out when he was 18. He went uh, right out after high school, moved, and he went to uh, North Texas. And uh, I can remember driving there, me, Lauren, and his girlfriend, who is now his wife, and we love that uh, because they make very pretty babies and grandbabies, and so we love them. Move them all in. Get all the things situated and come back down to the car to say bye. He has his car there, but we're all going to load up in our car and go. And, and at that point, it, it hit my wife. She was assuming we were about to just get back into the same car and go. It's hard. It's hard when they go to school. It's hard when they drive. But, man, there's nothing more difficult and hard on a parent when you have to send them out into the world. And uh, like I said, Lauren was with us and Kendall was with us. And uh, you're like, you get back in the car and it's like, man, that's a bummer. You know, you're driving a little ways and uh, not many words are being said. And I'm like, Hey, y'all up for Chewies? Y'all hungry? Or what's, what's going on? What are, we, what are we doing? And, you know, like Lauren and Kendall are just like <laughs> doing everything possible not to just lose it, which I'm so thankful for because I'm like, it's an hour and a half home. Like, I just, I can't do that. It's so hard because there's comfort. But that's not what we're made for. Our kids are wonderful. And, man, there's, even though it's hard, there's no more joy that when you send them out and you see them do well at life and succeed. And that's the same thing with the Father. He brings us into his presence. 
He renews us. He fills us up, strengthens us, encourages us, comforts us, gives us vision, direction, identity, and purpose. And he says, now I need you to go. That's the part we struggle with. We want to just sit in his presence and pour our love out on him and declare, Lord, we love you. We love you. Thank you. Yes, you're so good. And he pours out on us. But then yet he says, hey, but now you've got to go. The, the, the greatest call that we have was given by Jesus before he ascended into heaven. And it was, hey, I'm about to leave you guys again, but it's okay. What, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into all the nations, making disciples, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus didn't just have them so then when he left that they could have a click and be like, man, that was so good. Let's just rehash all of those things. No, he said, now that you did all that, now I want you to go. That is our call. Yes, our hearts long to be in his presence. We get filled up right and then we take that presence wherever we go. And then our hearts can long to come back and gather together with believers. We cannot hoard the things that we've been given. The love, the mercy, the grace that you've been given, that right identity of who you are, to hoard that and not share with the others is to be selfish. The word says, freely you have received, freely you shall give. The world is lost and broken. God's plan is you and me to take the kingdom wherever we go. We can only do that by getting filled up ourselves in the presence of God and then going out. Can I tell you, longing for his presence is not about seeking blessings or benefits, but it's about desiring a personal relationship with the one who loves us unconditionally. Can I encourage you today, if you feel that you are far off, all it takes is one step to turn back to him. If you feel like you're far off, I'm going to tell you it's not him, it's you. He's done everything that he could do. It's you. It's me. Repent. Believe. Put my faith in him. Turn back to him. Can I encourage you today to spend time in his presence? Spend time in his word. Get a right idea of who you are, who God created you to, to be. And then this week, can you go and be Jesus to the rest of the world? When, the, when they look at you, may they see Jesus. I'm going to pray for that. But honestly, the, the, the uh, invitation is open. If anybody wants to get baptized after service. Okay, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Absolutely we can. Hey, I'm going to pray and dismiss and then we'll, we'll spend time whoever wants to. Father, we just thank you that in your presence, our souls, the longing of our souls are satisfied. That we don't have to go anywhere else. Father, all we have to do is return back to you. Father, may our hearts burn for you. That when we're not with you, Father, may our hearts burn and may we be homesick 
for you and for your presence. Father, may we spend time in your word, spend time in your presence this week. And may we be a light in the dark world out there. Father, give us the strength to do those things, the hard things, the difficult things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Why don't you bring them up? Let's pray over them. We love that. Come on up, girls. I know that's going to be tough. Come on up here.